See where you took the blue one off? Yes. Now, put the red one... No, don't, don't put the blue one back. Put the red one where the blue one was. And put the blue one where the red one was. But be careful. They're oppositely charged, so keep them away from each other. Make sure you hold them apart from... No, hold them apart. <laughs> Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Never Seen Star Wars, where before today we'd never seen Mandalorian Chapter 12, The Siege, but now we have. I'm your host, Trevor Chong, and today we're talking all about Mandalorian Chapter 12. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Trevor, doing well. I'm just trying to figure out, is it the red cord goes into the blue spot or the blue spot into the red spot? I have a hard time figuring out, but we're just going to go with it. Uh, what a great episode. I had a lot of fun. Lots to break down there. And uh, I'm going to introduce our special co-host for this week. Um, as some of you know who listen to this, uh, I once upon a time played minor professional hockey. And on that team in Pensacola, Florida, we had an in-house host who was also a local radio personality and became a really good friend. That's Scotty Adams. And he's here joining us. Scotty, how you doing? I am doing great. Jordan, it's been way too long, my friend. Trevor, good to see you as well. Thanks for inviting me. This is really cool. I don't have enough uh, outlet for my Star Wars geekdom around <laughs> yes. here. So to have the outlet and talk to you guys and catch up, it, it's making my day. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, this is the place to be. If you're tuning in for the first time, uh, we do weekly Mandalorian podcasts. And the reason it's called Never Seen Star Wars is I also do this other series with somebody who is going through the Star Wars saga for the first time ever here in 2020. And we've sort of been discussing the saga as uh, she watches one movie at a time. And so that's been a fun thing going as well. So those are the two things we've been doing here. But today, it's wait, wait, about, wait, 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 yes, wait, 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 catch me up real quick. <laughs> yeah. Who is this person who has never seen the saga? Yeah, her Give name is Cliff Notes version. Her name is Kristen. She's never seen the Star Wars saga. Uh, she's uh, been going through it. She prefers, we've gone through the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. And I will okay. say that she prefers the prequel trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is there any kind of like emotional connection to this woman? Is, is, is there a reason why we're going through this? Uh, it's just fun. It's fun, fun to see someone's first reaction to these movies Okay. Uh, okay. in 2020. So I tried to find somebody who, who, who would be interesting, who's never seen these movies before, and just see what they think of them in this time. Okay. I just want a clarification because I didn't know if there was like romantic interest or if you two no. might be a couple no. or close friends. No, 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 no. no. And because you're finding out a lot about her right now. One, she prefers the prequel trilogy to the original trilogy. And two, she's never seen the saga until this year. So I'd have questions about your choice yeah. in mates. But no, no. That, 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 yes. she, she's good. a friend, but I, but I married to somebody else. And actually, we, we recently had our own baby Yoda. So uh, it's, been oh, a, it's been a crazy bro. time around here. And so it's been fun to see what Baby Yoda spit up uh, after that great ride there. We can talk about that. That's been a, a, the, what I've been doing for the last two weeks together. So those spit ups. So very common there. But let's get into this episode here. And Jordan, just initial reactions. What do you big picture here? What do you think of the siege? 
Yeah, I think similar to two episodes ago, you can kind of file this under a bit of a filler episode, but why I won't entirely put it in a filler episode is because we finally got some clarity in the bigger picture of the overall story. Like why Moff Gideon wanted the child, what he's using the child for, what his plan is next. So though there was some filler stuff in here, I enjoyed that we just advanced the main storyline for the first time in a while. Awesome. And Scotty, what'd you think? Big picture. Totally disagree about it being a filler episode. I think this episode, I, I just saw it 45 minutes ago. I wrapped up before we jumped on uh, to do this. And all of a sudden, The Mandalorian got more complex. Mm -hmm. And the story really has branched out. It's not just like the first season where you it, it set the stage, right? The first season, we yeah. set the stage for the long-term storyline. And that is returning the child uh, to, to its kind. Uh, but now you've got all these complex things going on and character development as well. Who's going to be the mole? Uh, you, you see Kara with internal struggle all of a sudden at the end. Mm -hmm. when, uh, by the way, when did X-Wings become the official police cruiser of the galaxy? <laughs> yeah, I know. I Sometime mean, when the I mean, Death Star was destroyed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they went from TIE fighter to, to police cruiser like a Chevy Impala. And now, yeah. you know, now, you, now, now you've got X-Wing fighters patrolling around and taking reports about muggings and stuff. Uh, <laughs> But that all aside, no, there was a lot going on with this episode. Oh, yeah. And I think it just really, really just blew up the entire series and brought in a lot more uh, complexity and richness and fullness to the story. Okay. And for, for me, I, I think there is some big picture things I, I enjoy. There's some parts I, you know, was, I don't know. I, I, I don't dislike anything in The Mandalorian. So it's hard to say like I dislike something. But, but there's some parts I enjoyed less. And uh, it probably goes into, and again, a bit more. It probably goes into the Cara Dune grief carga aspect of it all. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk about the other character. Mithril? Is that his name? Mithril. We'll talk about yeah. him in a sec too. But for me, I obviously I enjoyed the episode as well. Uh, and, well, let's, let's just dig into it. Let's just kind of see it here. So we kind of open up in this show here we get a little baby yoda as a mechanic here and uh shades of shades of baby groot here jordan exactly what i was thinking yeah rocket raccoon telling him whatever you do don't push this button and then he pushes the button <laughs> how is it even possible i remember that yeah that's exactly what it made me think of baby groot with the death button pushing the wrong things together there's no way that was gonna go well this is a is this a top tier baby yoda moment scotty I think it's on the comedic factor. And, and of course, there's, there's not a person on this planet who will find something wrong with baby, baby Yoda, right? <laughs> Everyone just adores him. And so everything he does is cute and awesome. But, but doing, uh, going through that scenario, and you know, there, there's no original ideas. It's what you twist it or how you twist yeah. it to make it your own. And so using that, that bit uh, chemistry for baby Yoda and the wires was, uh, it, it was cute. It was nice. And the, and the fact that it was just, you hear, you know, you, you hear the sparks and you see the smoke and you just hear him kind of groan like, Ugh, I can't believe this set up, you know, without having to like show them all like in maybe cartoony explosion face. Yeah, it, it worked well. Yeah. Yeah, it's always great. You knew it was coming. You, you could tell. Uh, my question is, Jordan, how much does Baby Yoda understand? Yeah, I know. That, that's what I was wondering too. I mean, I figure they've spent enough time together that sort of like a dog, they pick up on some of the language. You know, and so maybe he understands red, maybe he understands blue, but it seems like he doesn't understand put the blue one over there and the red one over there. So it's like the, the little fillers in between he can't quite figure out yet, which became very evident when he just like red, blue, okay, <laughs> put them together, explosion. Yeah, because that's something I'm wondering is 
is obviously Mandalorian's talking to him a lot. And mm-hmm. again, baby, he's a baby, but he's 50 years old. He, he should have some uh, understanding of language, but it's just, uh, my question is, yeah, what, what did Mandalorian think was going to happen here, Scotty? Here's the thing. Here's the great thing about the Star Wars universe. 50 years old in, in our time, uh, it can be two years old in their time. Right. And that that's what I dig about Baby Yoda is that you think about this cat is 50 years old, <laughs> but he's really, you know, if he's human, he's two and a half, maybe yeah. two at best. And I, I just think those little twists to throw you off to not totally, you know, humanize and water down the Star Wars, mm-hmm. make it really kind of authentic. And hey, things aren't always the same as they are on Earth. I dig it. Yeah, that's why I always say, I've said on this podcast, I've said to Trevor and other Star Wars fans, my favorite thing about Star Wars is the weird ass, crazy looking creatures that are so absurd that we can never possibly relate. Like, give me more Akbars. Give me more of those guys who are trying to steal all yep. the stuff from the old Mandalorian bunker there. I want more weird looking, the more weirder the better. Yeah, right. you're going you're gonna to get some things that are that are that just don't seem right because yeah. there are no laws you know yeah. in the universe i mean when people lost their ish over baby yoda eating the eggs in the last episodes yeah i didn't understand that. it's like guys no, it's this isn't supposed to be earth this is yeah. space things happen and yeah. as far as we know at that time the mr frog didn't yet do his job to the eggs so the eggs weren't actually ready to go anyways just some uh, <laughs> biological <laughs> wasn't that bad i was surprised no. at the egg the egg backlash i mean do people not yeah. realize what you know we eat eggs as well and, and <laughs> we, we just ran out of things to get outraged about this week yeah so we had true. to really scrape the bottom of the barrel time outraged about something yep <laughs> all right so uh the razor crest it's not good to go they gotta have to make a pit stop and they go back to navarro and we meet uh cara dune she we see that she's fighting some guys with uh, chins that look sort of inappropriate, like they should be censored out. I won't, I won't say anything more than it's that. It's walrus people. They're just really thin walrus people. Yeah. And old. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll go with that. And so we see that what she's been up to, she's rescues. Is that a ferret that she rescued, Jordan? Yeah, it seems like a little ferret. Again, like I'm talking about here, give me some more creatures. Give me some more unique creatures to the specific planet or city we're on. But it looks like she's got herself a little pet there. And so what we realize is that Cara Dune has, she's become uh, like Cobb Vanth. She's become the marshal of Navarro there. And Mano comes and he's coming back to help, to get the help from Grief Karga and Cara Dune. Uh, Scotty, what are your thoughts on these two characters, Grief Karga and Cara Dune? The, the question is, and I know we'll get into this uh, later on, because as a lot of things made you go, oh, wait a minute. The end of the episode raises a lot of questions. Um, but as the characters sit now, you're thinking, I-, I like that Mando has kind of his own clique, or at least a couple of friends who got his back to help him on his quest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that it's Carl Weathers is pretty badass, because <laughs> uh, you never expect him to pop up uh, in the show to begin with. And then Cara Dune is just, uh, that character is so well per- portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a real sense of likability. So you think Mando's got a great little click thing going on now. Mm-hmm. Jordan, were you happy to see be reintroduced? I've been asking you for a few episodes. Where <laughs> yeah. are these characters? Where are these characters? They're on the posters. And it's yeah. taken us, uh, what, four episodes to get to them. 
We yeah, I think every every episode we figured we were going to see them the next episode, and so we finally got it right this time. Actually, I think I predicted that we wouldn't see them this week, just because. <laughs> but but here they are. They show up. Uh, yeah, no, I'm happy to see them. I, I knew we'd get to them again. I knew they're going to be eventually part of Mando's big coalition for whenever the suspected big battle happens with Moff Gideon. I think he's going to need them again. And so it was a fun way to bring them back. And, and like Scotty was saying, I, I mean, grief is one thing, but for Kara it was really cool to see like a real humanistic and emotional side of her, especially at the end talking about her almost like PTSD from the battle of Alderaan. And you could see how that really affected her. And so I'm, I'm really intrigued to see where we go with her from here. Okay. Uh, this, this is where I'll jump in. This is where the, the one, the one problem I have with the episode is actually, it is a Cara Dune thing. And, and I realized this episode, I don't think I'm a fan of, of Cara Dune. And I think okay. they gave her an interesting background. I think the idea of like, Oh, she's from Alderaan the planet which was destroyed by the Death Star and that she's this former shock trooper that she has all this backstory, but maybe it's just Gina Carano and her acting. She just seems very bland and basic to me. I don't know if, if you if you guys agree or disagree with that. I, I think she's going through eternal in, internal struggles, a lot of them. And I, and I think as we've learned uh, watching this episode that she's probably dealing with a heck of a lot more than any of us ever anticipated before. And they kind of opened up Pandora's box about her struggles and where she sits with everything. I think that she's quiet and kind of plain for a reason. I think going forward, as we get more into her character and more of these emotions come out, I, I think maybe opinions will change about, you know, being flat i think that's intentional yeah and i think i think making her be kind of a flat character is probably doing gina carano the person a favor since she doesn't have a lot of acting experience so let's not make her do too much here let's give her a soldier who's kind of just stunned by the reality of her past and help her kind of find her groove here yeah so for me the, the, the thing that's interesting is i've really enjoyed uh, in these episodes, we get a fun side character, and we've had Cobb Vanth, we had Frog Lady, and we've had uh, Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians. And this time we get we get reintroduced to Grief Kaga and Kaga Dude, and then we get Mithril. And what do we think about Mithril here, Scotty? What do we think about Jar Jar Binks? Misa <laughs> uh, think uh, Mithril is a good Mithril guy. think. I, uh, he's, you know, you got to have once in a while, just that guy who's just a, a pain in the butt, right? Who's, who, who's just for whatever reason, irks you. he's not the greatest guy. He's not the nicest guy. He's just one of those guys who's an agitator. Um, is it any surprise that it was Horatio Sands playing that character? <laughs> yeah. Don't think so. Yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he's, he was a side character, but you know, he, I think he's probably good for maybe two more episodes and then he'll disappear. Two more episodes. I think this, yeah. <laughs> this is plenty. I, I think he he'll, was like, go ahead. He'll be the red shirt guy in Star Trek. Yes, please. Uh, I, I think like I wrote down, I took a, take a few notes when I watched these for this and I just kept writing down, why is Mithril on this mission? And mm. even I was like, okay, we'll find out. He'll serve a purpose. And I got to the end and I wrote down, why was Mithril on that mission? It seemed like everything that got him to do was just like push a button use the freaking thing to try to open the door. Like anyone could have done that. And he was more of a liability than anything. Yeah. And by doing that, he got 130 years off his sentence. So <laughs> it's well worth quite, it. Quite the thing. <laughs> now he's but, ready to join Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it seemed like, it seemed like, you know, he, he appears in the premiere of the Mandalorian season one, right? Is that correct? Yeah. And he sort of has a fun little cameo and then he gets frozen into carbonite. And so it just seemed like they wanted to maybe bring, bring him back. They liked, they liked his portrayal. But it, yeah, it was sort of 
to me, it's sort of of the side characters that we've seen so far. Um, to me, these these this group, and that's including uh, Grief Kari and Cara Dune, it just sort of was my my least favorite for Mandalorian to interact with. I preferred his interactions with the other characters. But again, I mean, I like Grief Karga. I have nothing against Grief Karga. Um, and he's a great actor as well. I just, you know, that's just me. Uh, let's get into something before we get into the, the major action of it. It's important that we stop into Navarro and education is very important, right, Jordan? Yeah, it's huge, especially, you know, learning about, uh, learning about Kessel. You know, everything in the Kessel system is important. Um, you know, one thing that I noticed before, right before they entered the school, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there was a statue in the courtyard of none other than IG-11. Okay. What? So, so go back and watch that. So it appears that they're paying tribute to the one who sacrificed his life for them. Really cool. Check it out. Right before they enter into the school, you'll see a st okay. statue of IG-11 there. And so in the school, you know, if they have assign an assignment to do a presentation on a heroic figure, does that mean somebody <laughs> might do their presentation on that? Is that the sort of thing? Local hero. Yeah, local hero, for sure. My question is, what sort of subjects are, they, are taught at the uh, Navarro School, Scotty? What do you think? Um, I think astronomy would probably be like <laughs> learning <one>. your ABCs. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, I'd like to go to that school because they allow you to eat in class. Uh, mm -hmm. Number two, so I'd be down for snacking while learning about, uh, you know, how to read a map. Um, after that, man, who knows? <laughs> I did take note, you know, it's been interesting. That, uh, no online learning going on in Navarro right now, so... Just in class. <laughs> no one's nice. wearing their masks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but here's, here's my thing. So me, uh, me, I noticed the teacher. Okay. The teacher, they had a protocol droid. Okay. And, and me, I don't know if you know, you don't know this about me, Scotty, but I'm a teacher myself. And watching this protocol droid got me worried. Is my job, is my job in danger now? Should I be worried? The <laughs> You're talking to a guy. You're talking to a guy who just retired after 25 years of radio because of technology. You don't want my answer on that. Uh oh. <laughs> oh boy. Jordan, is a protocol droid the best teacher to have? I mean, if you're a student, it's probably good because I don't know how strong his or, or her or their disciplinary action is. You saw him trying to settle the students down, but a protocol droid is probably a good teacher just because for the facts, for the ABCs of it all. But in terms of like, building that personal relationship to give the student all their needs and what they need to grow and do better. I don't think they're very good at all for that. <laughs> They'd probably be good at teaching languages. One thing, languages. Maybe a few of them. Yeah, just yeah. a couple. All right. So we noticed though that Baby Yoda, the, the story of Baby Yoda in this season is Baby Yoda is hungry. Baby Yoda wants to eat and he wants to get a, a cookie or a a macaroon it looked like looked like a macaroon yeah from this from this child and the child says no and so we finally get the use of the force in this season from baby yoda <laughs> you some cookies jordan i mean yeah we talk about it like what's he gonna do this season with the force is he gonna use a lightsaber is he gonna really kill some big ship or something like that nope he's gonna get a snack <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so Scotty, what do you think? Do you, th do you think uh, that Baby Yoda, do you think he doesn't get fed enough from the Mandalorian or he's just always have the munchies? Do you know who Baby Yoda reminds me of in, in, in a movie? Remember Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt was eating yeah. in every scene? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's Baby Yoda. He's got to have food in every scene. <laughs> he's, he's doing a Brad Pitt from Ocean's Eleven. Now he's a growing boy. He's got to eat. Babies are always hungry, man. Even 50-year-old babies. 
<laughs> so would that make uh, the Mandalorian uh, George Clooney? Uh, yeah, right now, I guess, <laughs> yeah, you, you, give, you give him an espresso in his hand, yeah. and boom, George Clooney in, in, in Mandalorian armor. Yeah, and, who, and who's, yeah. The Matt, who's the Matt Damon, then? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, wow, who would, Carl Weathers, would he be Matt Damon? Yeah, yeah maybe. I guess. Maybe. maybe Cobb Vanth, Cobb Vanth could be the one. Y- yeah, well, that's there, oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Julia Roberts as Frog Lady. <laughs> Anyways, we're off. <laughs> okay. There we go. Do they have oceans in in uh, in whatever? It would be Mando's eleven. Mando's yeah, eleven. Mando's eleven. All right. Yeah. We're, we're working on the concept. All right. We'll pitch it. All right. So we get into the meat of this episode where uh, Grief Karga and Cara Dune they tell Mando there's an old Imperial base that they need to take out and finally free Navarro. And it sort of got me thinking about just the sort of landscape of the galaxy as, you know, we, Return of the Jedi ends, they blow up the Death Star and they sort of defeat the Emperor, or sort of, they defeat the Emperor. Uh, <laughs> and it sort of makes me wonder around these sort of planets and whatnot, what are these, is there lots of these sort of bases sort of spread out around the galaxy and they're just sort of trying to figure out what to do without any leadership? Jordan. Yeah, I mean, we saw the the X-Wing pilot at the end talk about how this isn't just a one-time thing. Like these kind of places are popping up. I think, I think referring to specifically these types of labs are popping up all over the galaxy. And so the empire was quite a big deal, obviously. And so I don't think they're just going to all go away just like that. So there's got to be a lot more of these around. And Scotty, what do you think of this sort of this takedown of the this sort of scene where they're taking down and killing all these stormtroopers and just the whole sort of scene, they have to drain the lava your thoughts on this? I think that was total classic Star Wars battle scene. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there wasn't anything uh, brilliant about it. The, the, one of the great things about Star Wars is that you always got to have a good blaster battle from time to time. Just mm-hmm. down and dirty, get alongside the walls, don't get hit, watch the stormtroopers miss you badly, and, and <laughs> know you're going to hit them eventually. And that's just part of Star Wars. That needed to happen. Yeah, so I, I thought so too. There's just not much to talk about in that, but it does get to a really interesting point uh where they find this lab it seems and we get a message about these people's m count which can only likely be the midichlorians that they're going on here and so it seemed like this that this the same doctor that was working with that captured baby yoda maybe back in episode three or something like that and they were using his blood for what jordan well, like I said at the start here, we finally got some clarity to the overall picture of the Mandalorian and what the plan of, of Moff Gideon is. And so, I mean, when you saw that deformed body, like in that tank, you kind of get major Snoke vibes from the Rise of Skywalker being in that tube there. And so it makes sense to me that they are trying to use the child's midichlorians, his blood, in order to perhaps recreate Palpatine, to recreate an emperor to recreate some kind of big figure that's going to help them restore the emperor. So this, this is a big thing that's happening here. And it seems like we got some clarity for why they want the child. Scotty, was that your read on this situation as well? They're trying to create somebody or bring someone back? Oh, oh yeah, 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 totally. It, it answered a whole lot of questions that lingered from the first step, uh, first season that needed to be wrapped up. And they did it great and spelled it out. And yeah, there's no doubt that uh, Gideon is trying to either, like Jordan said, 
uh, it's just part of the phase of of, uh, of of the Emperor trying to come back, Palpatine. Or maybe Gideon's got his own sinister ideas about mm-hmm. maybe making his own uh, bunch of 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 soldiers that are yeah. you know have the force with them. So it gives him like a, any you know some kind of clone army, for lack of a better you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His own personal Sith lords, I guess, is maybe what he's maybe trying to do. Yeah, because he did have that really ominous stare of the what looked like just classic TIE fighter suits, like armor at the very end. But mm-hmm. the, way, the way he was looking at it made me think like, those can't just be simple pilot outfits, you know, to put it all together with what you're saying, Scotty, that he's trying to create some powerful army. Like, is he trying to create something that is force sensitive that can then be put inside of these suits that can create this new dominant force of his own? There's a lot of possibilities here. What I just popped in my mind, could this be the beginning of the Knights of Ren? Right. That's good. That would be oh, very man. interesting. Or I'm something I guess we'll jump into the end there, but I asked this here. Now, the question is, at first glance, I thought they were suits as well. I actually kind of thought they were Darth Vader looking like suits. Yeah, at first, that's what I saw. But I don't think they were. But they yeah. also, I was reading something that some people think they may be droids. Could these be some sort of killer super droids, Jordan? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we've seen uh, an army of droids before and look what they did to the Gungans. I mean, who could stop the Gungans but <laughs> killer droids? So it seems like a, <laughs> the perfect way to go. Scotty, do you have, do you have, did, you, did you think for sure they were suits or do you think there's a chance those were droids? Uh, I, I, I don't think he's going to go full-blown droid because it wouldn't make sense, right? He wants the blood full of midichlorons. Uh, for whatever this experiment is, mm-hmm. droids don't use blood, so it, maybe some kind of cyborg action where he's, you know, oh. maybe trying to do like a Darth Vader thing. You know, the Star Wars is great for that. Throw a robotic arm or leg on somebody, and boom, you're good to go. Yeah, because well, t- oh, sorry, go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, for me, it so, sort of seems like there could be two things going on here. Like he has this one army that's ready to go. And the reason I think it could be droids is I, I did look at a screenshot and, and someone said, oh, uh, you can look at the hands and the hands do look a little robotic in the mm. hand. So, I mean, it could just be a suit, but from the screenshot of it, it looked kind of interesting that way. And so I thought maybe is, does he have this army ready to go, but he's also trying to create, which honestly looked like Snoke in that tube. It looked like Snoke, yeah. Jordan. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Like, a, two, like two things. I think, we, we have a little bit of tie-in to the sequel trilogy here. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're getting similar stuff here. But this brings me back to another question that still has not been answered yet. How do they know about this child? Where did he come from? You know, we still don't know any of that. Like, how did they, this child even get on their radar? And where did he come from? How was he birthed? It, it, it's so fascinating. So while we know a little bit about why they want him, I still want to know, like, where did he come from? Right. To me, that sort of, it sort of diminishes the possibility that baby Yoda himself is a clone. Like, I don't think, I don't think, I know there's rumors about that. I don't think that is the case because if it was so easy to clone, then they would just like, they would just clone him and sort of make their own army of baby Yodas. Wouldn't that be something? Oh Uh, my gosh, it'd be adorable. But yeah, no, we don't know where he's from. And I think that's the, like what Mando hopes is that he's going to deliver uh, him to the Jedi or to Ahsoka and find the answer, but that's probably not going. We're probably not going to get that answer, are we, Scotty? We're probably not going to get that answer until close to the uh, series wrap up. Yeah, because th- that'd be a big chunk of the puzzle. To all of a sudden, uh, just you know, put that out there. Now, what do you fill that vacuum with? You know, for the journey and, and the quest uh, at the end. 
So I think we're going to have to wait until close to the end of the series finale for that answer. Right. But it's clear that something's going on here, that there is some sort of mining of midi-chlorians, and it's not going successfully. It's either worked for about two weeks, uh, and then it, it began, to, began to fall apart. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. If it's not working now, it's unlikely that it's going to work in this season. That's why maybe I think that there's maybe he has a droid or some sort of army now. Some people were also saying, oh, it could be these shadow troopers from an early Star Wars video game. Um, they're sort of just intense stormtroopers. Um, but to me, it sort of seems like maybe there's, maybe they do end up recapturing baby Yoda and we see some sort of creation of a new person. And that's something for season three, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So they, they find out, okay, they got to get back. Mando, he has to go back and get baby Yoda just in case. So he uses his jetpack. It's good to, good to see that he's getting full use out of his jetpack. And the others get stuck behind. So we get Grief Karga, Cara Dune, and Mithril. And they have to sort of take a transport speeder. And we get a good old-fashioned car chase, speeder chase, where they're being chased by speeders, being chased by TIE fighters. Uh, Scotty, did you enjoy this scene? You know what? I, I was watching this scene, and it, it, it's sort of like, again, some of those predictable Star Wars elements that you need from time to time, just because it's Star Wars. But what got me during that part is I got technical when I was watching that scene and just really, really appreciated how they filmed it and how it was presented. I thought they gave some great angles um, and kept true. And then at the end of the episode, when I saw that Carl Weathers was the one who directed this episode, mm -hmm. I thought that was brilliantly done how they uh, showcased that uh, chase scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jordan, do you think, was this the longest scene uh, in The Mandalorian that did not feature the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's only so many characters that you can do with at this point because these are these are familiar characters that we basically saw for the entirety of season one. It would be hard to do this with, I mean, you could do it with a Cobb Vanth, um, but it, it's more familiar to have people that you've seen before. And I actually really enjoyed it because growing up, one of my favorite Star Wars scenes ever as a little kid was Return of the Jedi when they're on the speeder bikes flying yeah. through flying through Endor. It's just so cool to see. And so to get that in 2020 with way better sound quality, way better special effects, like Kent Scotty was saying, some great camera angles. It was just a lot of fun. Brought back, like we've been talking about, a lot of that classic Star Wars nostalgia. Yeah, and so again, obviously the, the action was, was great. And for me, I just, I just missed the Mando here. That's sort of yeah. why I sort of dimin diminishes here because I just didn't really care if Grief Karga, Kara Dune, and Mithril got away. <laughs> if they got blown up there, I felt like, okay, that's fine. As long as Mando and Baby Yoda are safe, we're, we're good to go. You, they can still go find Ahsoka. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I think because we've, we've seen them so infrequently this season and our lives have been fine, I, I hear what you're saying. Like we, could be, we could go on just fine without them any further. But uh, obviously, I think we're going to need their help again, so we're going we're gonna to be happy that they're here. But I hear what you're saying. The show is literally called The Mandalorian, so give me Mando 100% of the time, and I'm happy. I think we just needed that scene so we could have that classic Star Wars yeah. chase scene. Through, I mean, that's all it really was. You yeah. need those mm -hmm. scenes from time to time to give it, keep it that Star Wars vibe. And so, yeah, it w was it pointless? Mostly, but we got some real cool visuals <laughs> yeah. out of it, right? Definitely. Yeah. And it was nice to see the Mando come in with the rescue, uh, yeah. use the Razor Crest uh, in a really cool way. Baby Yoda, he's he's putting his arms in the air like yeah. he's on a roller coaster, <laughs> loving it. And then classic, he ate too much, ate too many cookies, and he throws up at the end of the ride. Uh, that just you know, just a just a beautiful scene, Jordan. 
That was fun. Baby, another great baby Yoda moment. I think there was a lot in this episode. Uh, loved his hands up. I love how he like, just loves like danger. He just has so much fun when things are going crazy. And then a little barf at the end. Pretty gross, but probably the cutest little gross barf I've ever seen in my life. I think it's just a reminder that he is a kid, right? And how many yeah. times have, have we as, as grown-ups look at something as a threat or possible danger, but kids are just having the time of yeah. their life oblivious to the danger <laughs> around them. And yeah. that was just well represented in that scene with Baby Yoda for sure. Yeah. So of course, good. then again, maybe he did know because he did give out a pretty good laugh when, uh, when Mandalorian blew up that last TIE fighter. So <laughs> right, maybe, yeah. he did, maybe, maybe he did understand. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's my question. How much does Baby Yoda understand? That's what I want to know. What is, what is going on in his head right now? Is he just looking for food at all times? Or is he aware of this bigger mission? Anyway, so they get away. It's successful. And as we talk about, we sort of wrap up. Well, before, before we get to Moff Gideon, which I want to talk lots about, we get the return of this, of this rebel pilot. And Scotty, I'm not sure if you've seen the show uh, Kim's Convenience. It's a... Uh, Canadian show, so you say, so yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't get Channel yeah. Nine out of Windsor yeah. over here. I'm too far yeah. close to Chicago, but I, please enlighten me. Yeah, so this this <laughs> this X-wing pilot is is Mr. Kim in the show Kim's Convenience, a Korean corner store owner in a very hilarious show where he has a very thick Korean accent. So it's just very hilarious to see him in this role where he's sort of an authoritative figure with an American accent. Uh, Jordan, what did you think? Yeah, <laughs> I love Miss like like him, Scotty. Like, I love this guy from from Kim's Convenience, and it's so weird seeing him here because he plays this goofball, um, super like immigrant, like so new to cat, doesn't speak good English. He's like, ah, oh, welcome to my store. Okay, see you. Is that Wado? <laughs> yeah, it kind of was Wado. <laughs> oh, Red the boy. I guess Mr. Kim sounds like Wado. Uh, he always uses this thick Korean accent, and just to see him be like. So, uh, how are you doing, Car? Dude, this is so weird. But I love, I love having this actor back. He, he's a lot of fun, and I, I thought he shared a really heartfelt moment there with with Cara Dune. I thought it was good having him back. Mm -hmm. You now, see that, that that there you go. Star Wars is meant for everybody, and even Canada gets their shout out once in a while <laughs> by throwing in a, a person that's famous, you know, in Canada, but yeah. not known really in the states. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah. What you're talking about here now, I want to go online and find the show. Oh, you'll hilarious. love it. I well, trust me, you'll love it. You'll love and, it. And the other one of the other main characters in that show, Kim's Convenience, is going to be the lead in Shang Chi, the new Marvel movie coming out in a, a year or two. So, some big stars. I got my coming. Friday night filled. Thanks, guys. Big, big stars <laughs> coming out from that one. Uh, but you, we did talk about this conversation. I'm just going to call him Mr. Kim between Mr. Kim and and <laughs> Dude, where he he wants he wants Kara to join the New Republic, and she sort of is hesitant to do that. Uh, but do, is this is this where we see Cara Dune going? Is this sort of an end game for her, Jordan? Well, it seems like that's where she belongs. Like she has clearly done a good job as the marshal and rebuilding this place. But she's just look at her. She she's built for so much more than kind of overseeing what is now a very peaceful village. Like she can do damage on behalf of the Republic. So. Whether we see her in uh, some kind of spin-off series that talks about the past and the battle in Alderaan and all that, or we see her join the Republic here in some form, I think she's, she's built for this kind of war and this kind of combat, and so she's heading that way. It would be my prediction. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really much of a battle at Alderaan. It was more of a, 
Well, that, sorry. Yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going deeper. I guess I'm going deeper into like the Star Wars books canon right. that, okay. that do talk about a lot of the battles that happened there at the height right. of the Galactic War. Right. Um, anyways, yeah, we don't need to get into that. Uh, uh, Scotty, what's what's the end game for Cara Dune? What happens next with her? You see, that's the big question, right? Because we they they thoroughly described what she's going through with the, you know like jordan said earlier ptsd uh and and a lot of bad thoughts thinking about alderan and uh but at the same time um you gotta ask if there's something more going on with her just because of the next 30 seconds after that scene in the episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Gideon starts yeah. talking about, we'll, we'll get to having, Gideon in just a second. I want to bring up Grief Karga next to Grief Karga. We saw him. He's lying to the cops. He, he's saying he's <laughs> he's saying uh, no, no. What are you talking about? I didn't see a razor crest. What are you, you know? What are you saying? Do we? Is there anything next for Grief Karga? I, I just don't know where we go with him. George. He says, uh, "If I if I see anything, I'll send you a gram." What's he talking about? He's talking about Instagram. Like what? He <laughs> sent a telegram. Isn't this like? the height of technology here he's gonna send like an actual physical gra- i don't know I'll, I'll, I'll send you a teletype letting you know <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, i'll put a stamp on it it'll get to your planet in about three light years yeah no i thought yeah. i thought uh i thought carl weathers did a great job directing this episode if i don't see him on the screen anymore for the season i'll be okay but uh i do think we'll see him again because i think mando's gonna need his help again yeah, I still, I still have this thought, and we'll get into that, is that you know, we're going to pick everybody back up again, and they're going to be there for the last episode or two to fight this big war where, Jordan, I've been saying for a few weeks now, uh, I want a solo scene with Moff Gideon. And mm-hmm. we finally got our solo scene with Moff Gideon, and we find out that this shady mechanic that was working on the Razor Crest was tracking his ship. And Moff Gideon says, uh, you know, he says... Oh, is the asset? Are they still in? Uh, are they still in captivity of the asset? Oh, and and uh, they go, yes, he is. And we find out, okay, you know, what is the, there's some bigger mission going on with Moff Gideon. Scott, you've 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 referenced this a few times. What is going on here with Moff Gideon? Uh, well, I I think Moff Gideon. He of course his eyes are still set on getting his hands on the child, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he explained at the end there that he has a source that's in direct contact mm-hmm. with uh, with the Mandalorian and Kara and Grief. And so that's where I keep on coming back to it, where all of a sudden, just how much conflict is Kara going through? How much is she going to mm-hmm. determine and define what's going to happen moving forward with the show? Because I, I get the inkling that maybe she's been approached and she's maybe helping out Gideon to a mm-hmm. point and trying to figure out where she fits in with everything. So That's when he just... said, yeah, because when he said the contact, I mean, my first thought was just that that mechanic guy that that fixed the ship, that he was sort of the one that gave the intel. But you're saying there's a bigger, there could be a bigger mole play here where it could be Kara somehow being pulled. There's a total big mole play going on here. And right now I, they want you to think that maybe it's Kara because they've already established that, you know, she's got mm-hmm. conflict going on inside her with joining the new Republic and she's shaking them. No, it's not me. I've been through that and Alderaan. And so you already know she's got a whole lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think instinctively you want to go that way because you know, she's messed up and maybe easily manipulated, but at mm-hmm. the same time, grief is such a great con man mm-hmm. that you have no idea what he's yeah. thinking right now. 
But then what is the goal? I mean, did, did not Grief Karaga and Karadun just blow up, presumably, one of Moff Gideon's labs? Or was this all some ploy? Is this an inside job? <laughs> I, you know, that's one of the, those, those questions that it, you really want answers to. Um, and you're like, and you, you hope it explains that. So, yeah, I mean, who could be, it really de- depends who winds up being the mole in this. Mm-hmm. We'll explain a whole lot. Jordan, do you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I hadn't considered that um, a big character could be a mole in this, but I, I definitely could see that for sure. Well, I can't p- put a reason exactly why for Cardoon, but she definitely had not, not just an emotional look at the end, but yeah, I could definitely see a conflicted look as well. Like she wasn't sure what she wants to do here. Um, so yeah, I, I'm actually intrigued. I'm not, I don't know where this is going to go, but I, I could definitely see something like this playing out. Are, are we sure baby Yoda's out of the question here? For more? <laughs> <laughs> Unless imagine. he's got like a Stewie Griffin thing going on where some people can understand him and some people can't. And... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, so either way, we do see that this Moff Gideon, he does have some sort of army, you know, probably suits, could be droids. Uh, it could be a force sensitive army. That's something we, I was thinking about, right? It's, uh, is he creating an army of inquisitor type things um but it seems like he's he's gearing up and that it's going to lead to this conflict and it looks like mando from my perspective mando's going to have to gather his own own army don't you think jordan yeah i mean i think the real winners okay moving forward are going to be us the viewer because what do we know that's happening mando's ship the razor crest has a tracking beacon on it he's heading to corvus to find what's probably going to be Fan favorite of the season, Ahsoka Tano. Following him there is Moff Gideon and this new crazy army. So we're going to get Ahsoka Tano's debut at the same time that Moff Gideon and these new troopers show up in what should potentially be one of the most epic battle scenes we're ever going to see on Disney+. Plus. Um, and so I think what we're heading towards is just like what's going to be some really fun conflict um, some really intense battle scenes, some great action. And so I'm looking forward to what we're going to see. I don't know how it's going to play out exactly, but to see them all on this collision course, like we're setting the pieces here for something big to happen. And let's not forget about Boba Fett. Oh, still we're, hanging out we're, somewhere. We're yeah. still hanging out somewhere. And I just want to know if anything gets answered in this series, when that episode dropped for this, for this new season, the, 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 uh, the season premiere, I just want to know, how do you survive being eaten by a sarlacc? <laughs> Someone you know, asked like the man. 35 years. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to know those answers and how Boba Fett plays into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the sarlacc pit really never made sense to me. And apparently, like, you get digested for hundreds of years, so it keeps you alive, but it slowly right. digests you, so... I mean, who knows? And then it depends if we're, are we talking special edition Sarlacc Pit or are we talking original Because <laughs> the original trilogy is just a hole with some tentacles, but the special edition yeah. had like an actual snake head come out and eat him, if I remember correctly. So And, and, and give out a nice belch at the end. Yes. Like it's yes. really satisfying. Mm, but maybe that would explain, you know, like you said, it takes a thousand years for the Sarlacc to uh, digest you. Maybe that explains why Boba Fett looks just partially mutated in his skin. <laughs> Right, like it only chewed off like the top layer of his skin, and now he's looking like a like a like a Palpatine Smurf almost. I guess. I don't know. Well, here's here's what I think we're gonna we're heading into as far as the the rest of the the season. I guess is that it does seem that 
uh, episode five. Uh, you know, I'm calling the episode title right now, The Jedi. I think that's what we're getting. And we're going to meet, we're going to meet Ahsoka. And, but I think what's going to happen is, is I, I'm, I'm thinking now as we were talking though, that, that both baby Yoda is going to get captured at some point. He's going to get captured. Has to. By, Has by to. Moff Gideon and his army. And so, and what's Mando going to have to do? He's going to have to load up. He's going to, just like season one, he's going to go back. He's going to get Cobb Vant. Somehow Bo- Boba Fett's going to strag along. He's going to get Bo-Katan, the Mandalorians. He's going to get Ahsoka. He's going to get Grief Karga Karadu. And most importantly, he's going to get Frogman and Frog Lady. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need them. <laughs> I was worried. And, uh, Wouldn't that be, that'd be sweet though, those who turned out to be badasses. Oh I mean, my gosh. I think that would be hilarious. Yes. Yeah, well, we see, we saw snippets of Frog Lady when she ran. She was she was able to like do that frog run, <laughs> right. and then when she off. used the pistol to shoot that uh, spider off Baby Yoda's head, it was perfect aim. So, and that's just mm-hmm. Frog Lady. Who knows what Frog Man has here? And not not to be sexist to say that Frog Man could do more than Frog Lady, but you know, it's just we don't know. It's untapped potential there. Um, but <laughs> let's sort of wrap up my talk uh, on this episode, and we can maybe look a little bit more. Uh, for predictions of what's to come. At the end of each episode here, we like to give a little rating out of 10 and just sort of rank these episodes as they come here. And uh, right now, the episode three, uh, The Heiress, is is our top episode, followed by The Passenger, followed by The Marshal. So I'd be curious to see where it lies here. So Jordan, why don't you hit us with your prediction out of 10 and why? Okay, this was a a fun episode. Like, I'm going to say that before... Every, every rating I give, I'm going to preface it that it was fun. Uh, I love that it advanced the main storyline the most out of any episode in this season. So that gets major points from me. Um, I love the speeder bikes. I loved a lot, of, a lot of good Baby Yoda moments, what I'm looking for. Didn't have as many cool uh, audio tracks as some of the other episodes. There was still some great ones, but that's, that's one of the main reasons I love The Mandalorian. So overall, I'm going to give episode sorry chapter 12 the siege i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten all right eight out of ten and scotty what would what say you out of ten here oh uh okay uh, i never <laughs> thought about trying to rank any of these episodes on a scale and <laughs> as much as a fan and as much as i've enjoyed this series so far um i could easily just say oh ten across the board every time because i'm such a fanboy yeah. about it yeah uh, but I, I, I would like to also keep that, that ceiling open. This one, I love the visuals. There was some great classic Star Wars uh, nostalgia there and, and things we love about the whole franchise. Uh, I'm going to say, especially with now with, with all the complexity and all the new storylines where they're going, uh, seven. A seven. Okay, a seven. All right. And for me, uh, I've given, I've given uh, I gave episode one and two both eights. And I gave episode three a nine. I really liked the Bo-Katan episode. And for me, again, I, like, I love all the episodes. There's no, there's no question about it. But for me, when it came to the, the sort of characters that we met, you know, Mithro brought nothing for me. Um, again, I, I'm sort of just lukewarm on Kara Dude and Geef Kaga. I really enjoyed the Moff Gideon scene at the end, but it was only about 30 seconds long. <laughs> so give me some more Moff Gideon and I'll give you a higher rating. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock in as a, a seven here, which would be my lowest rating. It does actually put us number four here out of four on the episodes here uh, for the siege here with a 7.3 final score here out of 10. So that's what lies there. Scotty, go ahead. Yeah. No, like, like Jordan was saying earlier at the beginning, we were talking about this. He called it a filler. I think a better word maybe 
is a transition episode sure. mm-hmm. uh, where you had a lot of questions answered, but you had a whole lot of new questions opened up and mm-hmm. some really, really uh, deep questions that go back a long way. So uh, I think that, you know, it was a transition episode, but man, was, was it a, a visually stunning transition wow. episode right. and a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of it's the placement. I mean, we just, last episode, we met Bo-Katan and, and three Mandalorians. So it's like so exciting to do that. They tell you, oh, go see this Jedi Ahsoka, right? And so we know that that's going to come. We know we're going to meet Ahsoka. But right now we get Cara Dune and Grief Karga again. Mithril. Sort of like, and Mithril. <laughs> we can't forget Mithril. <laughs> and so I think maybe it's a bit of that placement where if this was coming in episode one, maybe we think we think differently of it because because that's the way it goes but maybe because we just got mandalorians and now we're looking forward to a jedi but instead you get uh you know some blue guy who who steams out of his neck when he's scared <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> what was that i didn't really understand what that was yeah uh, but that's how it has you so still a fair 7.3 out of 10 rating and so as we look into the future here we talked a little bit about you know where's boa fett we think we're gonna get ahsoka but jordan um where are we going here we got we're halfway through the season where are we heading for the next half of the season yeah i think like i said i always need to i said this last week i always need to pump the brakes on this show because i think it actually goes i don't this is not an insult at all it actually goes slower than i think we want it to so we have all these big ideas of what we want to see like oh yeah they're heading to see ahsoka the mandalorian wanted to go back to mandalore and we're expecting all this stuff to come right away and then you just get him pull over to Navarro to fix his ship, right? And so I think we're going to see a lot of fun episodes, but I think each episode is probably only going to provide maybe a few, a few small pieces that are going to advance the big storyline. And so I think though we're all anticipating Ahsoka next week to play a big role, she could play a really small role. She could maybe just show up for the last little bit and then be set up for something bigger later. So I always like to just kind of temper my expectations, but we will be seeing Ahsoka she will, I've assumed, will not just take baby Yoda. Like, this is my kind. I'm going to take, I'll take him off your hands. But she'll lead Mando on some kind of bigger quest to come find actual Jedi who want to take him because I don't think she's the one that's going to ultimately take him. And Scotty, what do you, what do you think as far as the second half of the season? What, what do you think is in store for us? Before I answer that, let's go back about 20 years or so when episode <laughs> one came out. At that okay. time, I was engaged, and she was a Star Wars fan as well. I swear coming out of that movie was the beginning of the end of our relationship because she absolutely hated episode, episode one, thought it was totally not worth anything Star Wars, and I didn't hate it. I didn't necessarily like it, but I understood its place mm-hmm. and what it was supposed to do setting up the entire saga. She hated that, the fact that I wouldn't agree with her, that it was like the worst movie ever. So, and I told her, I said, I don't go in with expectations. It's all, yeah, got to understand the place of what you're watching. I don't make predictions when it comes to Star Wars because I'm always brutally wrong and way <laughs> off into left field somewhere. So I just, I'm the kind of guy, just feed me. Let me sit back and take it all in. They're doing such a magnificent job presenting this story. I'm fine with that approach. Right. And, and I mean, when I came out of the theaters for Phantom Menace, I loved it, but oh, I was, yeah, uh, I was a, I was a younger, I was a younger person then. So. You're just a youngling. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I was just a little Anakin. So, so it's hard to say there. I, I mean, as well, Kristen in the Never Seen Star Wars, she, I, she currently has uh, Phantom Menace uh, ranked. Uh, she, I don't remember where she has it ranked two or three, 
two or three oh. out of six so far. So pretty high, but who knows what's going on there. You can listen to those podcasts if, you, if you're interested in getting her takes on. Um, she scares me, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you'll gasp at a few of the comments she makes if you listen to it, Scotty. <laughs> it's fun. It's enter- entertaining. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that basically about said that. Was there anything else, uh, Jordan or Scotty, in this episode or just in sort of the season as a whole that we haven't touched on yet that you wanted to, to bring up? I enjoyed um, how good with children grief has become. Did you see him when he grabbed Baby Yoda from Mando? And he's like, has Mando been taking care of you? Yes, he has. Has he been feeding you? <laughs> so the grief babysitter spinoff is something that I would be interested in. All right. <laughs> I got nothing else for that one. Scott, Scott, you got anything else to add? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. I have no, no idea how to take that ball and run with it. Uh, no, I my, my burning question moving forward, and this is because – you know, I've already outed myself for age. I'm the old guy out of the bunch. I saw episode four in the theaters when I was six. Uh, so I've been there the whole ride. And so Boba Fett, give me more Boba yeah. Fett. Mm-hmm. What the heck's going on with Boba Fett? And that's going to be the one thing that is it's mm. going to, you know, that I really need to be answered. Just because I love the character and his origins. And again, thinking he's been dead for the past 40 years. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. here he is. Yeah, and they introduce yeah. him in episode one, and we've yet to see anything close to him. And I doubt we're getting him in episode five, and probably not six. So I feel like he's coming in maybe at the end of seven, maybe at eight. Here, here's Slave the thing, real quick. Exist. Here it is. Uh, are you guys wrestling fans? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I think Jordan. Okay. So go back a bunch of years, and when like WCW was a thing, and Sting was hanging out the rafters for yeah. months and months <laughs> and months, right? Then all of a sudden he drops in in the middle of the battle. Everyone's looking like, what the heck's going on? And then Boba makes his action, and then you find out yes. what the deal is with him. He's doing a stinger from WCW days right now, and it'll be <laughs> like. Nine, it might be the first episode of, of season three before we find out what's going on. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. That's what I'm talking about with uh, being a little bit more uh, long-sighted in this show. Like, he may not show up this season again. It's very possible. But I, I do like that, what you're talking about there. Some kind of uh, stinger splash, a boba splash to make his impact. <laughs> coming to save the day. <laughs> he comes out, yeah, he comes down out of nowhere in his jetpack, lets out a stinger howl that Oh my god! Oh, music! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, Boa Fett will—he will show up in this season, Jordan. Don't worry, he will show up. You, you cannot introduce a character in episode one and not have him show up in some form. That'd be crazy. In some form, you know. Again, I ask: Is the slave is Slave One still a ship? Does that still work? Uh, does he come oh. to rescue that way? Uh, do we think, I don't know how they would do this. Do we think it's Cobb Vanth and then we realize it's Boba Fett? That might be a little hard <laughs> to pull off, you know, but there's some way he's going to pull in here. Again, what side is he on? Who is he? Yeah. Who is he working with? Why is he involved? I don't know any of those reasons other than he wants his armor back. But other than that, what, what does he, what, how is he invested in this overall story? I have no idea, but we will see. Before. I think a natural place for him to potentially pop up is um, like Bo-Katan and her crew are going back to Mandalore, mm-hmm. right? They want to go back and take that place over. And it seems like a natural place for, for Boba Fett to somehow show up on who knows what side, but to get all the Mandalorians back together, it seems like a good place for him to show up. Yeah. 
for my question though, I'm not even sure that Boba Fett is is has any connection to Mandalore though, because I think he's right. just he's just Jango Fett's clone, and he you know he was raised on that weird planet with the tall necked people, and then yeah. and then his father was killed by beheaded by Mace Windu, and he just took on the mantle. Like I'm not sure. I don't. I guess we don't know fully know Boba Fett's story, and I don't don't remember if the animated series dig longer into it, but mm. but anyways. That basically wraps us up here. I think that covers it here. <laughs> We're looking forward to episode five, chapter, uh, what is it, chapter 13? We're looking forward yep. to, uh, which I'm pretty sure will be the Jedi. We'll see, something like that. The Jedi, the Sorcerer, something like that. Um, that that's going to happen. It's going to happen. So we're looking forward to that. Everybody, thank you for listening. Again, please uh, subscribe, comment, let us know that you listened. Uh, if you ever have any questions or anything like that, you can always. Uh, message us on Instagram. We're at never seen SW. Uh, I always put all the contact info on the show notes and we'll be back every week for the next four weeks to cover the rest of the Mandalorian. Uh, eventually me and Kristen will be getting to the sequel trilogy in the never seen star Wars, uh, uh, sort of episodes there. There's also, there was a Lego Star Wars film that maybe we'll touch on at some point. It was awesome. Was it? I haven't seen it. It was so good. Looking forward to watching that. Maybe Christmas Eve, uh, me and and Nicole will sit down, uh, put a fire on, and uh, cozy up for a nice Christmas Lego Star Wars movie. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But that basically does it for us. Scotty, thank you so much for joining us. Had a blast. Thank you for having me. And one of the things I've been saying is I think it would be cool to do sort of a Mandalorian-like thing and maybe maybe in the episode eight recap to get sort of circle back and get a, all the de- guests that we've had come back together for one large panel or something like that. So if you're up for that, we'd love to have you. Totally, yeah. Let me know. Jordan, great to have you on here again. Yes, lots of fun. I'm going to go get some macaroons for dinner. Should be great. <laughs> all right. Blue ones? Thank- yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening. Uh, May the force be with you. Long live the Empire. Bye.